Welcome to Stuck in My Mind Podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. It's your boy, W-I-Z-E Wise, and today's episode is presented by Clark's. Clark's story began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. At the time, it was groundbreaking, a combination of invention and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark's does. From the very beginning, Clark's has always thought differently. Brilliant ideas are what set Clark's apart. We are teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off the select items, including the iconic Clark's Desert Boot by going to podco.co backslash Clark's. That's podgo.co. Co backslash Clarks. It's your boy Wise, and I'm out. Peace out. And welcome to another episode. Today I have a very special guest on. You know, I always want to try to hook up my fans and all my people out there with some good tips out there. So today I got a very special guest. His name is Matt Tortorello, and um, he's actually going to give you a few tips on on rental properties and and, and buying pre- and buying properties in general. So let's ha- let's uh, give a big hand for Matt. What's going on, Matt? Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Oh, man. The pleasure's on mine. Anytime I could have anybody on to share some knowledge, man, it's always good. I agree. Thank you. So tell them a little bit about yourself, Matt. Sure. Uh, so I'm uh, 41 and live in the Springfield, Massachusetts area. And I started uh, my company with my business partner, Kevin, uh, about 12 years ago. And we focused on residential rental properties where we were buying a lot of distressed property in the area. And we bought up a bunch, got up to about 500 rental units and about 70 homes a year. And uh, that kind of brings us to today for the most part. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of the general thing we kind of you know have had a lot over the years. Um, we had some different crazy things tenant stories and uh, Kevin actually got punched in the jaw one time at a property which is crazy uh, so he was sipping out of a straw for a couple months but uh, it's been a long road but uh, <laughs> we're still here oh no listen yeah it's me, me and the me and the wife are talking about getting into some rental properties and he, so we're looking into to what can we afford to invest but um what's what are some good tips for people out there well um the first thing obviously is know your market uh, I would uh, recommend you know looking to look into a uh, state that's very uh, landlord friendly. Uh, Massachusetts, California are very difficult uh, to start. I mean, if you can do it here, I guess you can do it anywhere. Uh, the the kind of cards are stacked against you, and so you really need to have maybe a good property manager to help you navigate. Because uh, honestly, we didn't have it up our, our own, and we had to make so many mistakes to get to where we're at now. And uh, we could have saved so many headaches if we had found a good you know property manager just at the beginning. So, so do you guys do you guys teach a course in this or? Um, so we don't teach a course right now. We're actually started a YouTube channel. Two guys take on real estate where we're trying to pay back with our knowledge. Uh, so we're I think we're up to almost uh, forty videos there. Also TikTok, uh, where we also go live and you know generally have about twenty or thirty people that we're kind of you know asking questions about wholesaling. So any way we can give back or not. Trying to because early on when we started, we actually went to one of the landlord associations and a couple of the landlords then that had like six hundred thousand. Uh, they kind of took us under their wing and they kind of really helped guide us a little bit. 
And so we'd like to pay it forward. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because usually people who are success, a lot of people who are successful in real estate tend to uh, start courses so they can help people. But what you're doing is amazing because you're paying it forward. Exactly. That's like when people ask me when, to, when I, because when I started podcasting, I I didn't have any help. I just started learning by myself. But the more I met people that had more experience, they were more than helpful. They were they were they were more than glad to help share their knowledge with me. So now, when anyone who's who's starting a podcast starts a podcast, they ask me. I, I I try to give them as much as information as as possible. Anything I know, I'm willing to share with anyone for free because so many people helped me and they didn't charge me anything. It was, yo, you you trying to get into this? Yo, hey, this is what you do. And 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 I just like like you guys, I I, I like to pay it forward. I like to share my knowledge. I, I believe in sharing knowledge and not hoarding it. I completely agree. Honestly, most people in this business, and it sounds like in the podcast business, are the same mindset where it's all about sharing the knowledge. It's not like uh, trying to just, you know, in the market, uh, everyone, even in the small market that I'm in, I mean, even the other property managers, we all kind of share knowledge and help each other. I mean, there's enough to go around. So why, you don't need to be greedy. Yeah, like, I don't see other podcasters as my my competition because I'm all, all the to me every podcaster is different. It's like everybody has their own personality, and I feel if you're if you're good, your personality will come out and and your show will be successful. But it, it takes you wanting to put in the work and effort. Just, I'm sure just like it took for you to learn all the tricks and all the trades and everything and, and find up learn about the codes and and what what laws are good for for landlords and what good laws are good. so i'm sure you did all your not you got you did all your studying and you did all all, you, all your work into building a successful business yeah i mean uh one of the things we early did on early on did was uh would go to housing court um because being a very tenant friendly state we really need to know what were we up against what were the judges gonna rule how they're gonna and uh, so he would actually spend, I think he spent, you know, three or four days every week for a couple months just sitting at the courtroom for hours, you know, watching case by case by case and how the judge handled it, how did the mediators handle it, and kind of really absorb that knowledge. And to this point, honestly, Kevin is one of the, the you know, guys on around tenant relations in Massachusetts that I know, uh, better than a lot of the lawyers that uh, practice tenant landlord law, tenant landlord law. And so he's really kind of, you know, has a lot of knowledge in that. And because he totally, uh, understand the craft and understand, you know, how stuff. So that really set us up for success and allowed us to put systems in place to kind of uh, make sure that we were able to navigate the system, the, the legal system to the best of our ability. Yeah, it, it seems like for every for every su- successful person that, that does something, they usually have a system that, that they usually apply and just use that system to, to help build what they're doing. So what, what do you, what do you like? So when say someone like myself, me and my, we own our own home, but we really are trying to look into one of her friends is telling us, Oh, we should just buy land and, and build and build or whatever. I'm feeling we probably should look more into seeing if we can get apartments or a complex or something. So, uh, I may mean, I don't know your area specifically, but I personally generally like a lot, uh, you know, buying, like a rental property, whether it be a two family or maybe a, a you know, 20 unit, whatever it might be, uh, because you have that long-term cash flow. And I'm kind of a slow uh, you know, investor and looking, you know, you get all the de- uh, tax benefits 
as well as, you know, you get the appreciation. There's a lot of benefits to it. So I definitely think that that's the way to go. I mean, especially uh, there's so many ways to get in. Uh, when we started, we basically found a hard money lender that was on a two family that we got. And basically, you know, we then after we got it fixed up after a month or so, we then went to a local bank and showed them the rent rolls. And they're like, great. And they was a loan on that, that property based on the income it had. Because we really didn't, you know, I, I had quit my job at the time. So I really didn't have any income and Kevin was still working, but we didn't have a lot. And so they, you know, because of the income from the property supported it, we were able to refinance it and actually pull an extra $30,000 out tax free and they will actually um, put into the next deal and kind of, you know, we started that uh, ball rolling uh, until we you know, brought on an investor who then really helped us scale. I, I really like the power of uh, real estate investing and that, that, that's general uh, method is called, you know, at least they coined it, the Burr strategy uh, pockets, uh, Brendan Turner kind of coined that. But yeah. yeah, you know what you know what it is. Me and my wife, we watch HGTV all the time, so we're always watching Flip or Flop or and all, all these other shows. And we're like, oh man, like would we would we really do do the work and if we buy a, a fixer upper and and do the demo work so we can save money on it? I'm like, well, we can. We we would we would release some some stress by breaking down some walls and stuff. But but no, no, that's that, <laughs> that that's something we were always we we just sit there and we look at how amazed at how some of these couples like really work hard at building their 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 um their real estate company. And I'm like, oh man, that's that's good. That's that's something that that really interests me. That that's something that I I, I like. I yes, po- podcasting is my passion, but it's always good to have extra extra. Uh, sources of income. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, having multiple streams of income, I think uh, there was some statistic that the average person generally has about uh, an average of seven streams of different income, uh, whereas generally the average, you know, working class person only has one source. And if that one gets, um, you know, stopped, you're in trouble. Whereas if you have seven, uh, you're going to, you can survive that kind of thing. And that's, you know, something that, you know, we've been striving to uh, so we've got, you know, our wholesaling business, we have some hard money lending, we got our rental property, we got our flipping. Um, so right now we have about four or five different streams and we're to that seven or eight uh, streams of income uh, because I think that's important. So I completely agree. Having uh, multiple streams is highly, uh, helps you leverage, uh, sets you up for success. All right. So what's, so what, I got a question. So what is the number one thing you wish you had done earlier, like sooner? So uh, what I wish we had done sooner was actually get a uh, good property management software uh, because of the fact, uh, since we we're going to run all the properties ourselves instead of hiring a property manager, uh, we tried using spreadsheets, you know, going the cheap route because we're like, oh, we'll save a bunch of money. We used to quit there. But I mean, honestly, once we switched over uh, after about 50 units to um, a property management uh, software, that was able to allow they've already built so many systems inside that management software. So why recreate the wheel, which is what we were trying to do. And it just kind of uh, slowed our growth. If we had, we would have grown faster and more securely. Uh, So you leveraging the systems that are out there already makes the most sense. And a good property management software so I mean, we use rent manager, but there's app folio, there's buildium. There's a lot of stuff out there now. So I think that was the one number, uh, one thing that we would have done different okay um what was your worst deal ever oh geez <laughs> so dealing with it to be honest so we got a little ahead of ourselves we were buying this was about uh three and a half years ago we started buying at options and you know we were all excited because we had you know gotten quite a few and we were getting like 10 a month and we were cranking them and we uh went 
bought one down in uh, Wilton, Connecticut, which was like a $1.2 million house. It was like, oh my God. And we got it for like $300,000. We're like, yeah. Uh, crush it on this one. This is going to be a huge, a huge win. And the amount of work that it needed, and given that it was also two hours away, so we kind of bit off a little bit more than we could chew. I'm sending my crew down there. I was renting hotels, trying to finish the place. And then on top of that, you know, we were just having so hard finding good contractors in the area because it wasn't a market because it was Southern Connecticut. And uh, we actually uh, didn't fully finish the project. And we were, you know, in the midst of it, to find a buyer and we bought, you know, found a buyer and they said, okay, as long as you fix it up in the meantime, no problem. So we tried working around with them and honestly, I'm really happy. And so now there's still, there's a law, pending lawsuit uh, against us, you know, for quality of work because uh, they just weren't happy with a roof that was like three years old, but they weren't happy with it. And so it just, it, uh, it was a disaster. Um, so, but we're, we're, we're working uh, and uh, honestly, we learned a lot of lessons from it. And that's the key, I think is, you know, if you can learn from it and, you know, and not like, you know, get, you know, crushed by it. All right. So now the reverse, what's the best deal ever? Um, best deal was also in Connecticut. Foreclosure auction, um, and I can't remember the exact town uh, name because we buy a lot, but uh, it was a beautiful 3,500 square feet, and uh, just really nice uh, area. And honestly, I think we bought it for like 350,000, but maybe you know 15,000 dollars into it. Uh, it was very little uh, work that needed, and we turned around and sold that so quick for like 600,000 uh, dollars. That was just it was a home run all day long. It's it's good when it's a quick flip, right? Oh, that was yes. I was happy about that down there for maybe two weeks. It was awesome. Oh, it was in Washington Depot, Connecticut. That's where it was. Washington Depot, Connecticut. Okay. All right. So, what do you think about the market now? What do you, do you think people should go out there and, and, and invest in in the market right now, or, or should they hold off? So, if you can find the right deal, you can always invest. I mean, so I mean, key is I think now more than ever is you really need to do your due diligence on the deal because the market's going crazy at least in my area i mean we used to buy stuff at maybe uh, maybe twelve thousand to eighteen thousand dollars a unit you know max ten thousand dollars into it so you're, you're max you're, you're in it for less than thirty thousand dollars a unit well now things are selling for over a hundred thousand dollars a unit and rents have increased some but they haven't gone you know they haven't increased threefold so i mean so the rents aren't supporting as much as the uh the actual just knowing the market and the, the tenant base and the client base that you're working with, uh, the margins are slim. And I think unless you can find a really good deal, buying now buying flip, that's a different story. Uh, things are selling so quickly. Um, so if you can, once again, if you can find a deal, which is so hard because the story is so low, uh, but you, you can sell it pretty quick. I mean, we put stuff on the market and we're getting it, you know, full price, if not 20 to 30% over asking price. Is it being on the market? So things are just flying off the shelves. Uh, so I mean, but then again, is it sustainable? I don't think so. Uh, you know, things are gonna you know have to change. You know, for every market that goes up, it also eventually comes down. The question is when. And you know, I find a crystal ball be a billionaire by now, but <laughs> unfortunately not. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you knew when the market would stay go up and come down, it would be oh man, that would be awesome. But we we don't have. You don't have someone that can predict the future and tell us that. So we have to, we have to rely, we have to, we have to rely on our gut and, and see where it takes us. I mean, the one good thing uh, about uh, real estate is unlike, um, you know, it's an inefficient market, whereas like the stock market is efficient. So things change in the stock market within, I mean, almost minutes. 
So uh, you can you know, lose 20, 30% very quickly. But I mean, starting in the real estate market, it takes a while for inventory to build up. It takes a while for all that to happen. So generally you're going to see the writing on the wall a month, two months ahead, hopefully pivot. Um, but I just got to be careful, um, you know, and just not, not catch a falling knife. All right. Yeah, that's good. So, all right. So we're going to play a quick game. All right. Okay. I like games. Yeah. We're going to play a quick game. It's called Would You Rather? All right. So let's see. Uh, okay. Would you rather have your most embarrassing photos posted on Facebook or accidentally fall in public and the video go viral? Honestly, I'd probably rather the video go viral. I can leverage that to uh, for kind of my social media influencing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but you don't know. Maybe your most embarrassing photos might get you a lot of views, too. This is true. There are some embarrassing <laughs> photos out there. Of me, so yes, it's very possible. All right. Let's see. Okay. Would you rather put ketchup or ranch dressing on everything you eat? Ranch dressing. Uh, I prefer uh, more fat in my diet and less sugar. Yeah, I'm ketchup up. I, like, I don't even eat ketchup on my fries anymore. I've, I've eat, I ate so much ketchup as a kid. I ate so much ketchup as a kid that now I'm like, yeah, they were like, you want ketchup? No, thank you. I just, I can't do it. I, I think I would go with the ranch dressing. All right, let's see. Um, Okay, would you rather never be able to use search engines again or never use smartphone apps again? Oh, wow. Uh, good question. <laughs> Probably, uh, I'd rather not because I use the apps all the time in my day to day, and that I don't even know how to function right now. I mean, Googling, you know, beneficial apps more than anything. I mean, that's how I survive is on my phone and all the apps. But see, but see, the thing, the the the, 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 the question, but see, if it's an app, you could probably still use it, right? Even though it's a search engine, technically, it's an app on your phone, so you probably wouldn't be able. That means you probably won't be able to use the search engine on your laptop or your home computer, but hey, the Google, the Google uh, thing is an app. So you did, you did a good you choice. Go. That was a good choice. Oh, smart. Yeah, that was a good choice for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> All right. So one last question. All right. Blow up. Would you rather blow up 100 balloons or lick 500 envelopes? And that note, you can't, this is really licking. This is licking the envelopes. Whew. I think I'd rather blow up balloons. So, uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think I'd rather rather be out of breath blowing up the 100 balloons than really taking those envelopes and licking the envelope. Oh, man, that was, yeah, I don't think I would. would, And anything, honestly, blowing up balloons would be great because it's great uh, training for your lungs, which would help me with my Ninja Warrior. So, yeah, so you're you're a Ninja Warrior fan. Do you actually compete? Uh, I do. I'm actually part of the National Ninja did in there last three years. Uh, this year, I, I took uh, fourth place. Last year, third place in my age division. But uh, I'm actually getting ready to submit a video for season twelve for the show. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I, I know, I know, I know. This is a lot. It's a lot of work, man. Because I, I, when I watch them, I'd be like, Yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't do that. No, I would never try that. So <laughs> that's just. I'm like, Yeah, you're brave to do that one, buddy. I'm not. Yeah. So so it, it takes a lot of training and work, huh? Yep, I, I generally uh, train uh, about uh, every day, six days a week. Generally, ninja training uh, that is like three days a week. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of uh, failure and just keep trying the obstacles over and over and get that uh, movement going. Finger strength training, and, but it's worth it. It's so much fun. It's like a kid in the game. How does how does someone get in? How does someone get into being a ninja warrior? Like, were you were you into? Where were you? What 
Like, where, where were you prior? Um, yeah, so I was actually in the gymnastics, uh, and I was at one time I was actually at a uh, class someone had mentioned Ninja Warrior. I didn't even know what it was, American Ninja Warrior. I hadn't seen any of the you know, shows. So uh, I, I then started checking out, and I thought it was really cool. And then um, a, a rock gym climb, doing some rock climbing, and someone mentioned it again, uh, and she said she was actually going to a competition. So I was like, well, can I we? And uh, that's where I got hooked. And I found out that there was a gym a couple hours away. So I went to that gym and was playing on the obstacles and just loved it. And uh, honestly, I haven't looked back. So at that gym, do they have similar obstacles that they have, like, at, at, at the Ninja Warrior shows? Yeah. I mean, most people, they, a lot of the gyms, they try to recreate the obstacles uh, in the show uh, and create their own obstacles. Generally, they make the obstacles even harder than they are. And I got to uh, go to the uh, place and test on some of the obstacles and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, some of the gyms are pretty intense. So how many, how many different gyms have you gone to? Oh, well, they've been popping up more and more. I'm actually working on opening my own gym as well with Kevin. Uh, uh, there are in my area, I'd say there's at least eight, nine different gyms I've been to. Yeah. They're all, I didn't have, I haven't heard none of, of any of them around in my area. So maybe I might want to come to Pennsylvania because I don't think they have many in Pennsylvania. I think there are actually a couple in Pennsylvania. I, I don't remember, uh, but there, I think there's one or two. But New Jersey's got, I think, like four or five. Uh, New York's got a bunch. Massachusetts has like six. Uh, Connecticut's got three or four. So, yeah. They're, they're, it's oh, that's, I definitely got to check that out. Well, I, I don't think I'm going to do anything, but. You should. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Go no. try. You never know. <laughs> Come on, it's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. And then when, I, when I'm all and, and all in crutches and, and, and all, all got all these casts all over, I'm gonna be like, hey, Matt, look, see, I told you I shouldn't have did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, let, let everybody know where they can find you at, man. Yeah, guys, you can find me at uh, Two Guys Take on Real Estate on YouTube. And, and you can find Yellow Brick uh, Management on Facebook. So please reach out anytime. I'm happy to answer any question you guys have. Uh, always happy to pay it forward. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely going to check out your videos with the wife. See how see how she what awesome. she did. Thank you. What she did. Oh, I'm subscribed too. What is it? As a matter of fact, let me do it now while we're on the air. It's two guys. What? I'm gonna do it right now. So two guys take on real estate. I'm gonna set it up right now. Two guys. Take. He'll be our number uh, two hundred subscriber. We're actually uh, we've been growing. You know, we just started not too long ago. Two guys. I'm sorry. What was it again? Two guys. Two guys take on real estate. Take on real estate. There we go. Yep. Oh no, you. Got, I'll be two hundred and one. Oh, all right. You put this over the, uh, the mark. Nice. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm number 201 now. Woo! All right. So thank you again, Matt, for, Matt, for being on, man. Um, hopefully next time uh, Kevin can come on and we can do we can do this again. Oh, yeah. We'll be happy to come on again. So, yeah, whenever you're ready, we'll be on. All right. I appreciate it, man. You have a great day. Uh, you too. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Now it's time for shout outs. Big shout out to my real wise family. King Sace, Poppy J, Brandy J. Big shout out to my homie Chrissy Richards from Cypher Knowledge with Chrissy. Big shout out to my man Screaming Chewy from the Screaming Chewy Show. Big shout out to the boss lady, Fina. I love you, baby. And big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless y'all. Be safe. And for the next few episodes, I'm just going to be dedicating them to my man Angel Martinez. You're truly going to be missed, brother. And you know how your boy Wise does it. Wise is out. Peace out. Thanks for listening. 
Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt, Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt, and a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash wise76. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.